This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world! I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. You look like you saw a ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything, while people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. I've never been one for rules. The answer is always more. Fly. They will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? Barbara, what did you do? I'm not so keen on this one. I figure uh, you are, but you know what? I'm ready to go. I think we can do better. Parachute pants? Yeah. Um... Does, it, does everybody parachute now? Some people choose to smoke and drink, I choose to spit these rhymes Just trying to make it through, Batman's guy just won't do Just need a hero to cut through all the noise that we have too To the ladies and all the gentlemen Good morning, good evening, good afternoon my friends Steve Van Dan wildin' out, let's podcast all around Let's make some noise for the heroes of noise, everybody let's scream and shout Hey, what's happening? Welcome to Patreon, episode 19, the last show of the year. My name is Dan Ramirez. We are the Heroes of Noise. And for Mr. Steve Hudson, let me just go ahead and introduce him. Steve, say something, man. What's going on with it? Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. Did everyone have a good Christmas? Yeah. Did anyone have a good Christmas? I thought you were going to introduce them first before I, they yes, talk. I didn't right. know what the rules were. <laughs> hey, you know what? Fuck it. This is Patreon. Let me go ahead and do that. You know what? We'll, we'll do that. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll be polite about it because okay. I have a story to tell you guys, by the way. I'm a little rattled still, so I'll tell you that in just a second. But where are my manners? With us today, both friends of the show. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with a longtime listener, even from the word. She's been on the show before. We love her. She's hilarious. Her name is Melissa Sloter. What's up, Melissa? Uh, hi, I'm so excited because I didn't realize this was going to be a Patreon episode. So I'm like really feeling myself now. This is paid content. <laughs> Loader house. 
You know, I just thought uh, we had to do one more and I wanted to have people on that wanted to talk. See, I have a lot to say today about a certain movie that we're going to be talking about uh-huh. and I wanted good opinions. I wanted strong opinions. So I think I have a very strong crew today. So next up on the Steve, it's, is it a dais? Can we call it a dais? Is that yes. the right word? Yes. All right. Next up on the dais, you might know this guy. He's a friend of the show. We've been on his show several times and uh, it's a good union. What can I say? Spoiler, Steve is with us today. What's happening, Steve? Hello. Well, well thank you so much. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this. You have golden tones, man. You sound great really in my do. ears right now. Really? Okay, great. Well, I, just, I sound like shit last time, so you know I kind of like have to make up for it. Be like, no, this is how I really sound. Like, please. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you said it, and I didn't have to because I was gonna. But yeah, no, I'm just kidding. And when I heard the episode, I immediately messaged you. I'm like, this is not what we sound like. This is horrendous. I felt I'm so bad. Playing. We tried something new. It didn't work. I know, man. I know you're, you're too nice, but I knew. I knew. You sounded fine, sir. <laughs> all right. So now I'm going to ask the question. Do we all have good Christmases? Steve? Yes. Did you stay home? You were just by yourself, weren't you? I was by myself. Yes. That's insane. Now, you didn't go to spend time with your girl uh-uh. or anything? No. Okay. Why I is that? Was she, with, was she with family? or? Yep. Oh, gotcha. So it's like a COVID thing still? Games.com is somewhere that your boy does not visit. <laughs> you know... I think I'm starting to get a little loose with this. I got half a coronavirus in me right now or half a Corona vaccine in me. So I'm feeling a little bit more like I want to go into the COVID <laughs> and start licking the patient's lips or something like that. I feel invincible right now. Okay. But I see your point. I didn't really do anything either, but it, I'll, I'll talk about me in a second. Cause it's going to be, I think a little bit of a longer story. Not too bad. Melissa, how was your, your Christmas? Uh, it was good. We got, we got lit for lack of a better term. <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was just my sister and my parents and I, um, oh. yeah. And we, I mean, I normally see like maybe like between 25 and 35, depending on the year, different members of my extended family over the two days of Christmas Eve and Christmas. So it was definitely very different. Um, I said this off air, but it felt a little bit more like the 4th of July, <laughs> which is where you, uh, play really hard all day and then have to kind of scrape it together, <laughs> get off the couch for the meal. And yep. that's kind of what we did for Christmas. Yep. It was fun. It was really fun. I love how it's going down this year. It's like all bets are off. You totally have the best excuses to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And it, it goes a long way. Like I'll explain that in just a second, but Steve, spoiler, Steve, how was your Christmas? Yeah, it, it was fine. I had, um, my, uh, my mom's sister, her significant others, they came over on a uh, Christmas Eve in a nice little dinner. We, uh, I cooked for everybody with my wife and then, um, uh, Christmas day, my wife and I did absolutely nothing, took a couple of naps very relaxing and now we're going christmas shopping because everybody's on everything is on sale so smart yeah so we're like we're gonna hold off and so because we didn't really know what we want for christmas anyway so we don't really need to do it on that day so kind of kind of worked out in our favor so i got a question did, is it me or did anybody else set their house on fire last night i'm just curious is it just me that did that mm-hmm. that uh, no we actually kept the fire to a minimum we kept it in the fireplace as prescribed nice that's good. I think you got a little extra. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do so well last night, Steve. You know, I like to cook. I like to grill. I oh God! Uh, I'm 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 big on the grill. I can do great on the grill. Love the grill. It's the oven that I have the problem with. So, I decided last night to make. This is probably going to be gross to you, Steve, but I made prime rib. Right? Made a nice prime rib. Spent too much money on this thing. Had people sauce. over. Had it all. We were ready to go. I smoked the prime rib. I mean, it was a, it's, it's still in the refrigerator, what's left of it. And it's amazing. But, you know, with prime rib, other dishes come, right? And I'm not good with the oven. So I decided to try something. I'm like, what goes with prime rib? And I look up this thing. You guys ever had Yorkshire pudding? 
No. Oh yeah, it's like um, it's like an airy like bread muffin situation. Yeah, it's like eggs, flour, salt, and milk all beat up, and then you basically put them in muffin tins. I know this is really boring, but just trust me, it gets exciting. And um, you got to put a little bit of oil in there, so you could use like the drippings from the roast, or you can use just like regular oil. I chose oil because I was in a hurry. You were doing like a full Sunday roast situation. I was doing the most yesterday, and then everything's going well. Like it's starting to feel like a Christmas evening. My my daughter's boyfriend's over. My son's there. We're all having a good time. And I just happened to look over at the at the uh, the oven, and I'm like, "That's fire in my oven." <laughs> so I go, <laughs> and it's a lot too. It's not just a little bit of fire. So I walk in, and I'm like, "Oh shit! Okay, what am I going to do?" I just figured if I just leave it alone, it's going to go out. Right? Not the case, by the way. That's that's not what happened at all. So then my daughter comes in, and she just completely loses her shit. <laughs> She's like, "Where's the fire extinguisher? I know we have one, but I did a thing yesterday where it's like I wasn't panicking." But maybe I was because I felt calm, but I was like stuck. Mm. And I'm like, okay, all right, what, mm-hmm. am I gonna, what am I gonna do? I'm just kind of like rocking back and forth. And luckily, Gail comes in and saves the day. She grabs the fire extinguisher. But then I go, hold up. If we open up this door, like I've seen backdraft, we know what's gonna happen, right? It's gonna be a oof kind of thing. And I said, so we gotta be careful about this. Let's not do that just yet. She's like, get that fucking fire out. So I did the whole pass thing where you, what is it, pull, aim, spray, and sweep. Mm-hmm. I got ready to do the spray. She, <laughs> it's like a one, two, three. She, barely opens up the oven door dude Ooh, we have flames to the ceiling what? flames to the i'm not exaggerating oh, wow. you can expect that you can see where the flames licked the ceiling so i finally get in there and turns out if you guys don't know fire extinguishers don't last forever so you want to replace those every once in a while so i get the fire extinguisher pull aim spray and it goes i'm like oh shit so it got like the first wave of it out mm-hmm my house at this point, by the way, is completely from the kitchen all the way to the back bathroom smoke. That's all. I mean, we were like coughing. I imagine your, your alarm is going crazy. Yeah. I was going to say, what's your smoke detector situation? Four smoke detectors. Even the one in the garage is going off at this point, right? I walked outside eventually. Smoke is billowing out as if a house is on fire because you know why? It is. And then uh, my, and my kids are freaking out. So my daughter... I go, I got this under control. And I did, but everyone's freaking out. So my daughter runs out into the neighborhood. Does anybody have a fire extinguisher? And then all of a sudden. Oh, my God. And I said, thanks for that. And then all of a sudden, like, and this is the best part about my neighborhood. We did get a fire extinguisher, right? My son went calmly and asked for a fire extinguisher. I walk outside and it's that Michael Jackson gif with uh, just eating popcorn. Like the whole fucking uh-huh. neighbors are just all of them. The whole neighborhood's out there just watching. Like it's a, like, you know, speaking of 4th of July, like it's like a 4th of July <laughs> celebration. Yeah. I mean, I imagine more people would have, without the zombie apocalypse, more people would have just rushed over to see how you are. But they're just like, <laughs> they're like, oh, you, oh, you better get some. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were doing that across the street. There's a really old Dane Cook skit about this where they talk about, he, he talks about there being like a car accident in the neighborhood. And everybody comes out to see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> the shrug, the shoulders, everything. Yeah. Agreed. I came out without my shoes. You put your hand over your eye, like a sun visor. You're like, what's going on over there? Yeah. That, I had that whole situation <laughs> going on. But I'm happy to say the house didn't burn down. I'm still here. The house reeks of kitchen fire, though. And uh, I have to do a little painting, I think, or at least a little bit of wiping. But how? Just, what happened? Wiping, wiping on the ceiling. And again, I had to do some wiping last night, too, because I was shitting myself. It was fucking scary. Did you get to kill the animal? Like, what happened? What happened was, is that, you, like I said, you put a little yeah. bit of oil in the bottom of the little muffin tin, right? 
And I guess I put either too much oil or too much batter. So when it started to, because what they do is they like rise up mm -hmm. really like fluffy and airy, as she put it. And so what happens, I guess when it wrote, when it started to rise up, it just spilled over the sides, but from all and sides. it caused a fire? Wow. Dude, I've never, I'm a good cook. I've never had this happen before, but it just goes to show like when you're not on your, on the top of your game, or if you step away for a second or something like that, like we've had too many, too many kitchen incidents in my life and my, in my family life. Like when I was, <laughs> here's the other thing too. So like last night, I'm freaking out. Like after everything was all said and done, I'm trying to be calm, but like my heart's racing and I'm just like, fuck, I can't even concentrate right now. I hadn't, I was like planning on watching both. Well, one of the movies afterwards. And it was really hard to concentrate on this movie just because I, my heart was racing. I just, it was, it scared the shit out of me. You know what I mean? So I go to the Facebook group. My mom listens to the show sometimes. Mom is not the best soother out there. Okay. Let me put it in perspective. I remember when I was like 17 years old, I had this dog. We had him for 10 years. I'm asleep. Dog passed in the night, right? So instead of just going like sitting down at the bed, I loved this dog, by the way. You have to understand, like we were a team. Instead of sitting at the bed going, hey, Dan, wake up a second. I got to talk to you about something. This is what I get. Door opens up. Rusty's dead. Boom. Oh. Door closes. That's what I get. Oh. So that's my mom. Okay. Mm. My mom is like, you know, you could say, oh yeah, 30 people got killed at the mall. And she'll just go, hmm. You know, like she's just a Vulcan, basically. Like, I, I don't know what it is about her. I love her to death. She's a wonderful woman, but she lacks emotion sometimes. So on Facebook last night, I said, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm bouncing around, but you'll understand why. So like when I was in the seventh grade, I was a latchkey kid. I was fucking hungry and I wanted some donuts. I thought, you know what? I see these biscuits here. I'm going to make donuts out of them. Sugar, salt, or excuse me, sugar and cinnamon, you know, the good shit. Fry these things up. Guess what happens? Another kitchen fire, right? So, but then I'm a kid, right? So what did I do then? I watched, uh, let's see, has anyone here seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yes. No. Okay, so you know the scene, which is fake, by the way, but there's a scene where there's a grease fire in the kitchen and Judge Reinhold throws a rag, a uh, wet towel over the fire. It just goes, and it's out, right? So immediately I go, Judge Reinhold, right? I do that. It does not work. Again, flames to the ceiling. I'm freaking out. Now, I'm the kid, like my daughter, running out in the street asking for help and all that shit, right? So everything's fine. Isn't it salt? Uh, you know, it wasn't water. Yeah, I'll tell you that. You water makes flour, it worse, use, and salt is the thing yeah. you dump on your fire. You can use baking soda, which is what we used last night. But were you on Google how to stop an oven fire? <laughs> no extinguisher. Exactly. Well, the thing is, I think I've just I, I'm I'm a victim of the win stupid prizes on Reddit thread. So I've seen so many people play themselves, and I'm like, don't do that, and don't do that. So the right thing is to do salt. So anyway, I go into the, the group and I'm, I'm shaking. Like I just put a video out. I was like freaking out. I was panting. I was like, oh my God. Cause I, it just happened. And like, I was, I could barely breathe. So it sounded probably like I was being dramatic if you saw the video, but I literally was like, <gasps> cause I couldn't breathe from all the smoke. I put it out on Facebook group. I said, Hey, uh, yeah, if anyone needs anyone to start a kitchen fire, I'm really good at it. Ha ha ha. You know? So you would think that my mom who is on there as a voyeur every once in a while would be like, oh, son, are you okay or anything? She goes, nope. You're also really good at doing grease fires too. That's what she said. <laughs> Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> that's a great awesome. Fuck, Oh, that's man. really funny. That was our Christmas. And then we watched Wonder Woman. And then, you know, so did it only get better from there? I guess we're about to find out. Well, it got a little better, I should think. Yeah, I mean, my house wasn't on fire. <laughs> so yes, in comparison, that was definitely the better way to go. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. It dropped on HBO Max last night on Christmas. Uh, what was it like around noon Eastern Standard Time, I believe, is when it came out. 
You guys want to get into it? We'll keep the show short. We'll just do a quick review and maybe shoot the shit in a little bit in between. Unless, Steve, you got some information you want to give out or anything like that, sir? I have nothing. I have been lounging, chilling, enjoying life. You know, I got to ask you real quick, though. Didn't your girl miss you? Of um, Everyone does. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Melissa, are you going to allow this? I don't know what you, I don't know what you want me to say about this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything to say about that. I think spoiler season at bay. He's like, there it goes. <laughs> there it is. It's only a matter of time. Eventually, you'll, you'll get there. My initial joke was going to be like, no, I'm sure that she was like relieved to have peace and quiet in her house. But two things I don't know about the other personalities in her house. And also, like, that's just mean. <laughs> But you already said it now, Slaughterhouse. It's out there. It is out there. Uh-uh. That's the word I'm looking for, like a warning, a content warning. I'm going to tweet MGK and tell him about your meanness to your uh, fans. I'm gonna let him Here know. we go. You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much practice about people giving me shit about this, too. Like, you guys are not, this is not original content. <laughs> no, it's it's Machine Gun Kelly. Of course, this is an original content. <laughs> it's not that it's just Machine Gun Kelly. It's that like I am a young female with, like some would say, an obsession. I have a thing that I love a lot, and that it, that's not a trait that people see. And they're like, "Oh, what a respectable way for her to spend her time." <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> I'll let you keep your privacy, but was it something you told me? A certain characteristic about people? Is that what you're talking about? Um, no. Oh, well, I mean that. I get a bunch of shit for that too, which like I mostly am attracted to like uh public figures that look like they need like a bacon cheeseburger and like a detox regimen. Um That is so funny. But that's okay. We can unpack that. But no, I just meant like when it's like the it's just because it's MGK doesn't make it different. It's still like the Justin Bieber, Harry Styles thing where people don't take you seriously if you're like obsessive about a thing. I just equate your love for him like my sister does for Taylor Swift. Like it's just, you know, it's just that like really teen bop thing of just like, you know. You know, I was the same way when I was younger as well, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. And you would think that I would grow out of it, but I am 30. <laughs> well, no, oh. it's, it's not a thing. Like for me, I had it with uh, Michael Jackson. It was obsessive. Yeah. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. Yeah. And if, if heaven fucking forbid Machine Gun Kelly ever goes any of the ways of Michael Jackson, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do. Exactly. I got that shit tatted on my body. Like... <laughs> I have a lot of faith in the kid. Wait a minute. Wait, I that I did not know. <laughs> yeah. I have a double X tattoo. She got on the forearm. Oh, wow. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, the funny thing is I make fun of his music, obviously. But remember, I give love to, I think he that's his calling. Like he is clearly an actor. I'm not worried that you don't like his music. I'm not worried that anybody doesn't like his music. It's not really about like the quality of the music. Here's what, here's what I'll say. You guys are uh, respectful of both the hustle and the fact that there are people, me included, who are finding something valuable in this no music question. that you two no don't question. necessarily vibe with. And like, yeah, that's no all question. I ever want. Like, I don't care if you don't like his music. I just, the only time I ever get upset is when people f- act like they can't understand me finding something valuable in it like that's when i get mad and you guys have never done that would never do that i think the most respect i had other than his acting the acting we're gonna have to cut that out because he's a good actor game over oh yeah he did a fantastic job (laughs) i take him over common any day of the week over who 
Common. Hell yes, Steve. I wouldn't call Common an actor. Then stop putting him in movies. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Like when 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 people, I don't get how like that is so. When people are just like starring such and such, such and such, Common. I'm like how how how. And you know what it is? His agent. Everyone needs to get his agent because that means if he can get if he or she can get him in movies, they should be the agent of the year. Yeah, I agree. No question. But um, I think the most props I gave him musically. Let me tell you something, y'all. To come at Eminem, regardless of how good you are, that takes a lot, a lot of chutzpah. Because I mean, not I mean, we can count on two fingers, three fingers, maybe, of rappers who actually legitimately went after Eminem. He's one of them. The other people you don't know anymore. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you just like, I don't think that, know them. That whole thing is kind of like, um, like a distilled reason I think why people follow him is like people are going to argue about whether he won or lost, you know, a rap battle based on skill, and that's fine. That's not really what I'm here for. But nobody's going to say like the kid does not have heart. That takes a lot. I mean, <laughs> I don't care how good you are. That takes a, this is a man who got Jay-Z on his album and blazed him on his own track. (laughs) And he went at this guy. And so I'm just, and then Eminem gave it his all. And let's be real. Let's be completely real. Eminem came back at him as Eminem does. And it wasn't a clear victory. I got to say, Steve, after some thought, I think MGK. Wins. Yeah, man. that's fair. I do. That's <laughs> fair. I would think. No, I think that. Um, I think we grade on a scale. We we grade on a scale, but I'm not even there. I'm saying, um, I know we all know great rappers that when you interview the oh Eminem, oh man, he's the. I'm like yeah, because they don't want they do they do not want that smoke. <laughs> and MGK said, "Hi, I'd like one order of Eminem smoke to go," and took it. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that takes." So, yeah, on that, that is the most. And if anybody says, you know, whatever they say about MGK, I'm just like, you know, he did one thing that we have not seen very often and he went at him. But as far, but also the acting, man. Listen, dude, I don't understand why he's not Tommy Lee. On uh, this new movie, yeah. why is he not Tommy yeah. Lee? Yeah. I say put him in everything, just at least him. just in the background as an extra, as a small character role. Honestly, I think he's that good where he oh, can no, there's not. Here, let me tell you something. He should be Pete Davidson. What Pete oh. Davidson is doing. I love Pete too. <laughs> all of his love he's getting. I'm like, you do know there's someone in the same arena that's way better than him. That should be getting all these jobs. And it's him. Pete Davidson is not good. MGK is. Why do we not switch these people around and be like, now go. Go forth and prosper. Because Pete Davidson don't look like MGK. Well, and I think that I real. think that MGK kind of has a reputation for being like a handful, and Pete has reputations, but he has like a way lower energy mania about oh, him. I didn't know he had that reputation. I mean, I think he just has like I think that I think that there's like um um I don't want to say it's a misconception because like I've I've been following 
Machine Gun Kelly for years and like he does get wild and can get wild. Um, and I just think that that's something that like Pete doesn't really have associated with him like at this point. Uh, and I think that that's that... probably going to start falling off because he's done a bunch of he's done a bunch of projects and like those stories aren't still coming out. But like the like coming for everyone, me against the world, like wild boy attitude is like I think hard to forget for people who are like paying the bills for like movie sets. Uh, well, you know, it's funny the the what you guys said. If, uh, I don't think that like. Like Pete Davis, it's like from my point of view, if someone was like, hey, who is a better looking individual for this leading role? I'm like, if anything, I think MGK edges them out. Yeah, them cheekbones. Yeah, I don't get it. And so I'm like, well, just give the leading role to the guy who just literally emulated, no problem, Tommy Lee, whereas Pete Davidson plays Pete Davidson in everything. He's Pete Davidson. Let's get Pete Davidson to be Pete Davidson in this situation. Now let's get Pete Davidson to be Pete Davidson in this. Get someone that actually has a talent. Well, Machine Gun is filming a movie currently in which he like rides a horse. So we're going to get to see how chameleonic he is because that crap was cracking me up every time a photo was posted. I'm like, this is not cowboy hair. (laughs) Like I'm confused (laughs) how you're going to explain this bleach blonde (laughs) hair in this cowboy movie. (laughs) Now, I do have a question for Slaughterhouse regarding his new uh, uh, wonderful uh, person he's dating. Do you think, do you, do you see uh, marriage in the air? Is, he, is it, is it going to go all the way? Are they going to be the new Timey Lee and Pamela? I but mean, last? I feel like that's not a great comparison because I would like to like continue to do less drugs. But I, I okay, so for one, I'm obsessed with Megan Fox and have been forever. I did um, not know that. Uh, yeah, like I was, I'm not a boy, but I was the age of like a 13 year old boy when Transformers came out. And I was like, uh, um, I'm having confusing feelings. I need to talk to somebody <laughs> about this. Um, but no, and, and then the way that she, the way that she received like all the hate just for basically being like uncomfortably like pretty, um, I just, I've, I just love her. I love the way that she handled all of that. I love the way that she's like handling. And now it seems like I was like mad on her behalf when people didn't like her in Hollywood for what seemed like no reason. So, and now it's like, okay, this girl I had a crush on and now like my favorite dude are in this relationship. Like I hope it works out forever, but, um, they did like a podcast or maybe two, but they did a podcast appearance together where they, she talked a lot about like their matching energies which like that's not really something I subscribe to but when you're creative and when you're an artist and when you have a tendency to I think uh a tendency to mania if you will I think having someone that like really really believes in honing energy and spiritual connections I think that that could be like a very healthy like grounding force so like I think that they are good for each other even if like I wouldn't necessarily want to date her or him, to be clear. Uh, but it seems like it's working out. I hope it does. You're trying to tell me that you wouldn't date MGK? So here's the thing about that is um, I've been having this conversation for a lot of years. And I have such a strong relationship <laughs> with his music. And it helps me through so much. Like, I will get drunk and I will straight up go on a seven-minute rant about how he is my best friend. And that's not something that I would want to <laughs> risk for just like a fling. Ah, what, we're not saying it's a fling. What if he's like, no, I'm into you? I, you know, I mean, we could, we could reevaluate, but uh, this, like, 
Because it's always like, because I go, I go to his shows and I go to his after parties and it's like, it's partying and people are like, oh, if it, you know, if you got the chance, like people are like, if you got the chance, would you sleep with him? And I'm like, no, definitely no. And I think that that would be a more likely scenario than to actually like date him. So that's what I put my thought process in. Um, and the answer is like, no, because I don't want to risk like complicating my, the feelings with like my number one coping mechanism. Like that seems like it would be a bad choice. <laughs> that's really, now you do have a picture with him, right? Yeah. That's what I thought in my brain. I'm like, I think she like took a photo with that guy. Well, we paid to go to a meet and greet. Oh, I thought you like ran into him. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, I'm a big fan. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want to know. So it's meet and greet. So which means it's like, was it like one of those? Okay, next, next, uh, next okay, kind of situation. So or did you get he, to have some face? Yeah. Time? So he did like, um, like, um, it, I don't know how to describe it. Like a hang sesh, I guess. So oh, cool. in all these cities where he did these meet and greets, he, people, it was it was a small group. So there was probably like twelve or fifteen of us, and it was like probably an hour before the show. We all just like sat around, kicked it in the dressing room, and like shot the shit. And he like showed us some music that they'd been working on. Like he smoked the blunt, and it was just like really chill. And then we did like the photos. So it was like kind of a mixture of like genuine hang and okay, next, next, next. But it was really fun. Okay. That's kind of pretty. Let me tell you something. Hold on now. I have never heard of an artist being like, let's not just do a meet and greet. Let's actually have a chill session Mm -hmm. where we all talk, shoot the crap. Then we'll do the. Maybe smoke a blunt. That's pretty dope. My feelings were a little hurt because he didn't like pass it. But I understand there's some liability issues to that. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, if somebody's like, oh, would you smoke a blunt with Machine Gun Kelly? Like, that answer is yes every single time. <laughs> that is really... See, everyone has, like, uh, spoiler, Steve, who is your person? Who is your MGK? Oh. You have him. You have the person. You've got yes, somebody, you Steve. Come on. What's it, I'm only thinking of this because I, I was able to go to um, uh, CinemaCon back in 2016. I remember the one uh, person I wasn't able to meet that I almost had a chance of meeting was Keanu Reeves. Oh my gosh. Like, since I'm on, like, t- that's the first thing I can think of, like, off the top of my head. Just. But you yeah. saw him, right? Yeah, I was able to go to CinemaCon and I was uh, fortunate enough to, like, be- actually go into, like, be in, like, the press area for the award oh, ceremony. So I was able to sit next to, like, near certain people and everything. And, like, Keanu Reeves showed up and everything. And my dad's like, Where are you? Like, he's in the meeting area and I was doing something else. I'm like, What are you talking about? He's there. He's like, Yeah, he showed up. I was like, Fuck. So. Uh, we're in the Caesar's Palace. We're in Vegas. It was just like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, like he's like, yeah, what? Like so and so was able to get to this and that because we 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 know certain people that work with CinemaCon. So it was like, holy shit! And um, because I was able to see um uh, Civil War like a month before it came out, and I was able to like tell Kova Giant Man doesn't come in the movie because that was like the rumor, the biggest rumor. So when it actually showed up, Kova was like, oh my God, Steve lied. He's grinning ear to ear. Oh, that is so awesome, dude. Like, th- that's a big... I have I have video I'll send you guys um, from yes. the awards with like... Um, I actually saw Jason Blum before knowing who this guy was. Like, I had pictures of him, like, presenting something. Like, he won, like, producer of the year. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I'm like, oh, this is, like, I'm still, like, in between. Like, the podcast has only been around for a year. Like, I'm still trying to, like, understand the whole entertainment business and everything and, and all, all this bullshit anyway. 
And so like this guy's up there, I'm taking pictures and I'm like, who that? And now I'm like looking back at those pictures. I'm like, holy shit, that's Jason Blum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never talk about this, so like no one knows about this. It's actually pretty funny. Um, I have to go back all the way. These are like my oldest pictures that I have. Um, Adam McKay. It was like during the time when wow. Adam McKay and um, what's his face, the really cute guy, um, in Neighbors with him. Um, wow, I'm blanking on it. Oh, Zach Efron. Yeah, they showed up. They showed up because they were doing that Zach and Mary need a or not Zach and Mary, oh. but that that wedding movie thing that they were doing or whatever. Yeah, so they do this whole thing like in character where they're like freaking out because they won this fake award or whatever, and it's like some crazy shit. That is really, really cool, cool, dude. Cinema. You guys know who Tenacious yeah. D is? Yes. Hmm. I got high with Kyle Gass. Oh, that's you. Fun. Throughout the entire evening, he they, he played a. He's got another band called Trainwreck, and they showed up in Fresno in this little dive bar. And uh, Gail and I were there and he just like, that's the first that we'd like walked up to say hi. Cause he was so approachable. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Um, hi, you got any weed? And we're like, yeah, wow, we do have weed. So cool. we spent the entire, like he just kept, it was cool because we, we had the relationship with him. Not really. He was just smoking our weed, but he would, you know, the point where he'd like, Hey, he'd come find us. You want to go outside? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's go do that. So we smoked weed with Kyle gas all night. We got pictures of it too. Not smoking weed, but that is weed. really cool. Yeah. They, Okay. I found it. They had one comedy stars of the year, Zach Efron, Anna Kendrick, and Adam Devine. Devine. They all showed up and like, yeah. That sounds like um No, it sounds like homeboy from uh Sounds like my neighbors. What's his name? <laughs> the the comedian. Oh, homeboy, yes, him. Guy, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's his name? The dude that was in that underwater movie that got pulled apart. TJ Miller. Yeah. TJ Miller. There we go. That sounds like TJ Miller. You oh, you did know. all of that to get the TJ Miller. Not one of those clues was bomb threat. <laughs> bomb threat. He called in a bomb threat on a train. <laughs> I did not. Did you know that, Dan? That's why he got extra yes. extra canceled. I had oh, yeah. no clue. Yeah, he was. He. I guess he'd been drinking. And something didn't go his way. So he called in an actual bomb threat onto the train. And I guess they yeah. traced it back to him. But, you know, it's hard. It's not hard to, like, track down somebody. It's not hard to track down somebody that sounds like this all the time. Hey, I want to call in a bomb threat, you know? So that's fucking TJ Miller. Go get him, you know? But, yeah, they pretty much. Uh, oh, yeah, they filed him, dude, under canceled. And he's been gone for a while now. I think the, the that underwater did, movie. Yes, that was the first thing he did after that. And he got And I'm pretty sure that was filmed maybe beforehand because I want to say that that movie was ready way before it got released. If I'm remembering correctly. I used to like him. You know, he's like another one of those actors where it's just one speed. 
all the time. It's the same. It's like a like common, for instance. You know what you're going to get when you get common, right? Same thing with T.J. Miller. You want that comedy relief. That's all he is. He really is. Like I could do it. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> like I, I think they're act. both. Uh, it's 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 a situation of like you said. You you there are certain people that you hire to be themselves, but Common himself is so one note that it's kind of difficult when he's just himself. Yeah, I think that's a thing for like comedians to do and not necessarily like dramatic actors. Bingo. That's why Tom Hanks can just be Tom Hanks because he's funny, but he could just be himself because people like watching him. He never really, the only stretch he ever did was Forrest Gump. Everything else is like Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump was good though, dude. Forrest Gump was I won't go to the grave saying that shit. Um, okay, here's what I'm going to ask you. When's the last time you watched Forrest Gump? About a year ago. And you still you still hold it in high esteem? I think it's a good movie, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not even really dated outside of like the CGI. I think it's good. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I still I love the, it. I heard the tongue hit the cheek. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, I did too, yeah. No, no, no. I still love it, personally. I like it, but I could tell how uh, younger people would watch it and be like, what's up with the voice? Like, what's, what's going on here? I can see how it would be like, this was cool in the 90s around the time of Lion King, but now it's like, come on, dude. But I still like it. You're just talking about his affect? Yes. Eh, I don't know. I think you're being picky. I'm not, I like the movie, but I could see how people that watch it for the first time are going to be like, eh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're going to come away with. Be like, uh, you know, but for me, it just holds a, it's, it holds a special spot only because I just was not ready for what I was seeing in the theater. When I walked out, I was like, wow, that was incredible. I still think Jenny's a horrible person, though. Like she fucked with him throughout his entire life. Wouldn't you say? Okay, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. She's as bad as... Julia Roberts in Notting Hill. They're both horrible people. I would say she's a little worse. How? Because Julia only lasted like three, I don't know, a course of a, what was it, a year? Maybe two years tops, if, even if it was that mm-hmm. long. Whereas Jenny had been doing this to Forrest the, his but entire life. But she never really did anything bad to him. Julia Roberts was mean to his face. Be like, I'm going to regret being around you. I'm like, Jesus. Julie, Ju- uh, Jenny never said anything like that to him. I like what they were arguing about a movie from 1993. <laughs> and then I'll ask you one more question, Steve. What about when she spent the night with him in D.C. and then she leaves with a man that just beat her up the night before? That's not mean to him. What happened to Forrest Gump? Yeah. I've never seen it. You don't remember? <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, wow. You've never seen For- Oh, yeah. I think you- I would be very interested in what you, a first-time viewer, thought of the movie. I suggest you watch it. No. I have um, I have it in my mind that I don't like it. So <laughs> well, there it is. I don't know. That is the Hudson approach right there. That's true. I go in with a lot of thoughts in my brain. And the weird thing is this, the movie we're going to review today, I went in with the brightest of all thoughts in my brain. I think I went in more brightly thought than many people did. You went in like the little ant that thought he could get the rubber tree plant. You had high hopes, sir. Oh, dude, high on? in the sky hopes. Oh, you know, the thing is with DC movies, that's ballsy. I don't know how you let's 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 start there. OK, OK, Melissa, what is your familiarity with DC movies? I have seen. Have you seen them all? Not them all. I haven't seen Justice League, any of the Batflex or the Suicide Squad the first round. Okay. But you loved Harley Quinn, right? Oh, I loved Birds of Prey. Yes. Top tier film. Steve, did you like Birds of Prey? Dude, 
I walked. Here's the thing. I the weird in my brain, it was not a Steve movie when I walked out. But that brain of yours. I really liked it. It's so <laughs> I thought it was How about fun. You? It's so fun. It's just like we all know what movie we're in, by the way, and we're just gonna have a blast in it. And I just think Margot Robbie is fantastic. So during quarantine, my friends and I, when we are able to do a little gathering of two households, um, we uh, listen to the Birds of Prey soundtrack as like the brunch soundtrack when we do champagne brunch, like in our apartment. That's just what I put on every single time because every single song is a banger. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, it's not a bad soundtrack at all. How about you, Spoiler Steve? What are you? Uh, it's weird to say Spoiler Steve, but I got to because I didn't hear your review and I know you reviewed it. But what did you think of that movie? And also, what do you think of the DC movies in general? Uh, DC is a hit or miss. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Birds of Prey. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. But I would definitely watch that over like Suicide Squad. That was like, that was trash. Dude, that was a... Now, spoiler Steve, did you like the original, uh, the well, the Batman with Keaton? Yeah. Yeah. For me, that, when people are like, what do you think is DC... I always go back to that and I'm just like, look, dude, they're capable of amazing things. The capability is there. So I all, and, and mind you, all, I'm also one of the few that really like Justice League and really like Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I was, I just walked out being like, ah, look at DC, look at them go. So I liked them both. You know, the thing is, Steve, you're very selective about movies too. Yes. And I think that we have similar tastes to some degree, but you are, you're very pro DC. It's weird. And you I know my feelings about DC. I love Marvel way more than I love DC. But for me, it's like, uh, number one, I just think Cavill is a fantastic Superman. Now he's not, you already know, I'm biased. He, no one's ever going to be Reeves. No one, no one's ever going to be that. He was a man child. But I think um, he did a fantastic job. I think that they had a lot of fun. If you didn't have Zack Snyder's name on stuff, I probably would have liked it even more. I just think dude's a douche to the highest degree. And so it's like um, kind of like Christopher Nolan now for me. Mm. When I see his name on something, I'm probably going to be like, Ay-ay-ay. so um, I like the fact that Justice League is exactly someone's vision of what this world is. And then how they ended it with a really cool scene where it's just like, no, but we're still having fun. It was cool. Now, Aquaman, we all know what I thought of Aquaman. I thought it was probably one of the worst films I've seen in the last decade. Easily. <laughs> and uh, and so DC, for me, also hit or miss, but more hit. I think that they're good at what they do. Yeah, I don't really like a lot of DC movies. I think some of them are okay. Superman is probably my favorite one, or Man of Steel, I should say. I was down with the Justice League, but not to the point where everyone was just like, I wasn't raving about yes. it. It was it was a fine movie. Yes. Uh, Suicide Squad, terrible. I'm not going to name every single one of them, but I'm like hit or miss, but mostly miss with these movies. But as far as Harley Quinn goes, and maybe I'm, going to be the odd man out here i think it might actually end like a lot of people will disagree with me on this i think it might be one of the better movies to be honest with you the ones that are different are the ones i like that one shazam loved shazam i thought that was great i love the approach oh, that they yeah, took. that's right man of steel of course and then after that it just gets very and then of course you know what i will give it up to uh, the original wonder woman too i thought that those were very strong movies and they were kind of like even though they were all different the ones i'm talking about like you know, uh, Wonder Woman and, and of course, Man of Steel, they were on to something. Yes. And then I don't know what happened. And now here we are, 2020 Christmas, and we're about ready to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. 
You guys ready to do that? Do oh, real quick. What did you think about the original, the Keaton Batman, Dan? Oh, I loved okay. it. Okay. Just it was, yeah, it was great. Right, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's not in the theater. I sat next to a dude dressed like Batman. Oh, dude. See, I didn't experience. No one did that at my. I wasn't really into cosplay at the time. I still really am not into cosplay, but like I was, it wasn't really on my radar. So to be sitting next to Batman That's was pretty really fucking free. cool. Now, uh, and a little weird. Real quick. A little scary. Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger? Oh, come on, man. Really? <laughs> I mean, there's a classic Jack Nicholson. That's okay, the classic joke on me. All right. I think Heath Ledger's great, but I think he was the best part about that cool. movie. Cool. All right, let's do it. Wonder Woman 1984. It is the sequel to 2017's Wonder Woman and the ninth installment in the DC Extended Universe. This film is directed by Patty Jenkins from a script wrote with Jeff Johns and David Callahan, based on a story by Johns and Jenkins. Gal Gadot star. Is it Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? I let's take know. a look. I think it's Gadot. I think it's Gadot myself. And it, that comes out naturally, but I've been hearing people say Gadot again, so I always get a little confused anytime she pops up. Anyway, her. She stars as Diana Prince, as Wonder Woman. Alongside, he, he returns Chris Pine. We have the addition of Kristen Wiig and, of course, Pedro Pascal. I've got feelings. Set in 1984 during the Cold War, the film follows Diana and her past love, Steve Trevor, as they face off against Maxwell Lord and Cheetah. I will stop it right there because there's going to be stuff to talk about. Uh, I want to go around the panel real quick and just see what you guys think, starting with Melissa. Let's go ahead and give it a grading, Melissa. What do you think? I had a fun time watching it. My mom watched it with me, which was pretty cool, um, which that is proof that I'm, I, I think that sequel is maybe a misrepresentation of this movie. Um, but... I thought it was fun. The more I think about it, the less I like it. So I think it's something that like is is enjoyable enough for the eyeballs. But once you get the brain involved, it kind of falls apart. You got a rating? I'll be nice to you. You don't have to be witty. You can just give me a one or whatever out of five. Let's do like two. Yeah, that's fair. Steven. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the first 20 minutes or so wasn't that great. Um, the ending's fine for what it is, but... I don't know. I thought the perform the performances really hit it for me. I really liked um, Pedro Pascal and uh, Kristen Wiig in this. I thought they were they they really stuck out. Chris Pine was really good. Yago Dot was fine. I don't know. I it's just oh, we're not in spoilers yet. Uh, it, it's it's good for what it is. It's I agree with like Melissa. It's definitely a uh, like it's a sequel, but you don't need anything from the original besides like understanding who Tre- Steve Trevor is. But at the same time, that doesn't really. The movie does a good job at like explaining to you pretty quickly who he is. I guess you know it's just doesn't take that much to really understand who he is. Um, but the middle of this movie is really, really good. I think the meat of this is really good. It's just more of like the outline of it is just like, yeah, it's all right. But I thought the um performances really made it uh very well entertaining for me to watch, and I thought it went by pretty quickly. What do you rate it? Three and a half. Uh. Oh, look at him. Go for it, Steve. Do it. it. The, I, I, wow. I usually know this. Something of truth. Lasso. Lasso. Lasso of truth. I'm like, it's not a whip. <laughs> I think it should be. I'll just say they do stuff in the first movie with that lasso of truth that has me thinking about extracurriculars, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and they don't do any of that cool stuff with that lasso in this movie. So therefore, one star. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what about you man steve oh look this movie i had such high hopes for it but um i just think it was i've there very rarely does a film every three minutes and i'm just like why mm-hmm. why or why, why why did that happen why who's that wow that's a terrible representation of that person or that 
culture in general. So I would say that like I I would give it a 1.5 out of 5 pointless armors at the end of a movie. <laughs> All right. Uh I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. I <laughs> I thought it was a steaming pile of shit. I just I did not like this movie. There are a few redeeming qualities about it, mm-hmm. but not much. Um I think that there were some unnecessary things that were done in this movie. For instance, the int- without really getting into spoilers, the introduction of when we actually get to see Cheetah, which is I don't think it's a spoiler. It's out there. We know Kristen Wiig's playing Cheetah. To me, it felt like, hey, let's just put Cheetah in a movie because we need to have like a big battle at the end. But other than that, we're not going to really focus on the, on the creation of Cheetah. It's just going to be this quick. Oh, that's how she got to be that way kind of thing. And I think that they filled that in quickly. I'm almost wondering if Cheetah was an afterthought or maybe they wanted to get Kristen Wiig and had to throw Cheetah. I don't know. But to me, it just felt like it was so out of place because I, I wanted to watch this movie to see Cheetah. You know, I thought that they could have done something good with it. I did like the introduction of a certain jet that we see. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, I, I figured, oh, they went there. That's awesome. But then like the beginning of it, too, I realized that this movie is set up on the premise of truth, you know, being truthful and true to yourself and all that kind of stuff. But this scene that they had at the beginning felt like it was a contractual obligation. There was really no reason to have Robin Wright in the movie or a young Diana Prince or any of the Amazons other than, Hey, remember this is where we're from. And that's why they did. I really like, I didn't really hold it against them. That, not sorry to interrupt you, but I just like, I really liked the concept of that opening. It just felt like retconny kind of. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm like, we already did all this with her like childhood. And we had no idea that this like super cool thing that they do was like part of their culture or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I liked that scene. I just like, once you start picking apart, like why it's there, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's not. <laughs> also, there would ha- they would have to hand me a telephone book size instruction manual for that race. Because I'd be like, wait, where do I go? Did they train for it their Which whole way I- life, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, where, what now? What do I shoot? I just felt like it was like a Sonic video game or something it like that. It was everywhere. I was like, wait, where are we going? But she's right, Steve. Come on, man. You got to read into it a little bit. They have been training their entire life for this. How old was she at that point? Like in the first movie, they're like, you can't train. You're not one of us. And so I'm like, when did you? When did you change the mind? But it's COVID season. We do things when we want to do them. You know what I mean? Listen. But all in all, I found that I was able to watch this movie. I got all the way through it. But there were some parts I'm going to. Again, I told you. I sort of premised what happened beforehand. I had a lot of my mind. A lot of shit happened right before I started watching this movie. Yeah. So, you know, in the in the process of trying to focus, I'm like, holy shit, my house was on was just on fire. So I'm, I'm going to give it that. But I found myself kind of having to really try hard to stay focused. But I did the entire time. And uh, I'm going to have to say it. No one's really mentioned it at all. Oh, actually, no, Steve did. Uh, spoiler, Steve did. I was not impressed with Pedro Pascal. I think he's a great actor. Uh, I'm giving him extra points right now because he's on one of my favorite <laughs> shows ever. But you know what? Put your fucking mask back on or at least do the the role right. Because, you know, they're all good actors in their own right. All of them that were in this movie are all, I think, anyway, are great actors. But they were given a shit script. And this movie felt like it was just so, I don't know. I felt like they just threw it together in a day. I know that's not really what happened, but it felt that way to me. And some of the plots, some of the subplots don't make sense. And, and then there's this new introduction of a, 
I know they're doing it on purpose, but it's a level of 80s cheese that they have really, really like just gone full bore with. And they've leaned into it. And to the point where it's like the cinematography feels like it's in the 80s. That mall scene feels like it's in the 80s. The way that the characters are acting, it makes it feel like it's in a 80s, like a 1980s comic book movie, really. You know, and I, I felt like, OK, I see what you're doing, Patty Jenkins, but I don't think that it hit real well. So before we start getting into spoilers and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to go ahead and just give this movie a... um. I'm going to give it a one. Oh, by the way, before I do, the fucking Pedro Pascal scene at the end, which we'll get into, his big moment and what happens to him, I just felt that it was just garbage. I just did not like it at all. So it's going to be a 1.5 out of 5. And this is going to go into my rating too, lassoed bullets, because mm-hmm. that was a yeah, deal was, breaker. Here's the funny part. I was talking to um, Maj, and he was like, uh, he said, um, how would you like Wonder Woman? And I kind of told him, and he said, before I even watch it, how was Cheetah? And I know from a comic lover that that's an important question. They're like, what they do with Cheetah? I was like, well, she, she was in the movie. He's like, what? I was like, well, she kind of was. She was in the movie the whole time. But Cheetah was. And he's like, well, number one, and this is something I did not know, and this doesn't ruin the movie. In the comics, she was bestowed that gift by the gods. And the gods were like, I will make you a hunter. Like a m- amazing hunter, and he's like she gives Superman and and uh, Wonder Woman the work, like she gives them the business. And I was like, yeah, she doesn't do that in the movie. He's like, she had trouble with Wonder Woman. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh no, he's not watching. Oh, right there, he said, I'm not watching it. I did not know Cheetah was so dope, and I was like, well, if they knew that, this would have been a fantastic movie. It could have been crazy. But he's like, yeah, she should have been giving everybody the business because she's that dope. And so I was like, well, that's an unfortunate misstep because that's why I watched the movie was because I wanted to see Christian Rigg handle her business. She did. She's a star. Christian Wiggs a star. I think there's I, I think there's a movie there just for her. I would love to see that movie, but I don't think we're getting it. So she was my favorite part of this movie. She was so like she is a natural. And then my girl Natasha Rowell was in this out of nowhere. I'm like, hey, the insecure Wonder Woman crossover. <laughs> like, here we go. And she was good. And I just thought that if I want if the origin stories of Cheetah could be a next level movie. Like when you're giving Superman and Wonder Woman the business, well then you you should just have a movie. And they just didn't do it. So that's unfortunate. So how spoilery can we get here at this moment? Let's get spoiler right now. You guys are listening. Just know right now from this point on, anything goes. So spoilers abound in three, two. Dan, are you going to do the spoiler song? You're going to sing your spoiler song? I still haven't written it, Steve. I could probably do something acapella. Yeah, please go. Go ahead. I'd rather rather not, really. I don't want to cap the uh, last show of the year off like that with them hearing that kind of trash. But (laughs) I think you're good. I think you're good. My house was on fire, G. I'm not feeling real inspired right now. That's true. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, Melissa, let's just go full on spoilers right now in three, two, one, hit it. I just am frustrated because Kristen Wiig was very obviously the coolest part of this movie. And she ends up relegated as like a like bodyguard of sorts where there I don't understand the loyalty. And like I like the Max Lord character falls off a cliff. And so when the coolest character in the movie is basically just like the level 10 to his level 11, I was very annoyed by that. That was so bad. End the movie with the cheetah fight because who is Max Lord and why do we care about him? Because 
I could not follow his motivation at all. And so the whole ending just did not work for me on like the emotional level. It was, if I'm a God, which this thing apparently is, it gives you godlike talent. And then I do all this terrible stuff and everybody's like, my bad, my fault. We changed our minds. As an evil God, I wouldn't be like, oh, y'all changed your mind. All right, cool. Let's put everything back to normal. No, no, no. That's not how my groove works. You can't just take backseat. No, 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 no. Now that we've gone, and then homeboy, like Pedro Pascal was perfectly fine at the end. I relinquished my wish. Everything goes back to normal. <laughs> it's all better now. <laughs> the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm serious. Fuck this movie. Already fuck it so much. I just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I really want to get in with Steve, too, because I know you got good things to say about it, Steve. I just, it's just, I, I, um, <laughs> I feel so strongly about it. I don't want to, I don't want to argue, of course, but I really want to hear the redeeming values that you have in this movie, but um, let's get the plot out of the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Diana is now working for the Smithsonian and she comes across Barbara Minerva, who is a doctor that studies, what is it? Anthropology and archeology span and things like that. Correct. Something to that effect. And she finds, they ask her to study this one. Well, there's lots of things she's studying, but this one particular thing catches Diana's eye and is it me or did it look like a fucking rabbit vibrator to you? Because that's what it looked like to me. But it is phallic. I don't even know what that is. Google it. You'll know what I'm talking about. I but never, anyway, I, know. I, I feel like there's something to unpack there, but we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but no wonder they were so obsessed with this thing. So it grants wishes and Diana has it and she wishes that she wants Steve to, Does come, she back, though, Steve like, to come back. Because all the other wishes are said out loud, but not that one. Or I... Yes, Not that one. Have a second. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm getting at. So is th- that's exactly where I'm going. So did I miss that? Because I know it happened, but did it happen on screen? Because it just seemed like all of a sudden Steve, Steve Trevor's there. And I kind of had to figure out what was going on. It happened pretty quickly. I got over. I can understand her wishing for Steve Trevor because she loved this man and he died and they didn't get a life together. I cannot understand freaking Diana Prince and her cheetah pumps pining over this man for 70 years. Like, no, thank you. That does not feel accurate to me. You could have done this storyline without making it seem like she had been pining. No pun. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> All right. For real. That was a good That one. was for real <laughs> legendary right there. Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't think, I think that there could have been some other, they could have made some other reason that like sparked her to be like, I'm going to wish for him back. Like if he had like a redeeming quality that could help her with whatever's going on here, or if something like triggered her memories or, you know, like anything other than this is the only man I've ever had eyes for, like I'm calling bullshit. She's way too cool. She's way too successful. She's way too kind and way too gorgeous to not have had one love interest in 70 years. It was ridiculous. It's like, just so, I mean, I don't have to repeat because she said it perfectly, but how are you going to just sit there and I'll use it too and pine for someone for freaking multiple decades looking that fine? No one's come up to you. You've been hanging out with fucking Superman. That didn't do it for you. Nothing. Okay. Like her friend, Barbara, who works at this museum with her, like, there is they I ship them. You know what I'm saying? Like we do not need a Steve Trevor to have a romance storyline in this movie because we got yeah. a perfect couple right here waiting to fall in love. Because she really was like, hey, maybe we can do lunch. I'm like, wait a minute, are they gonna be brave and do some some 
some stuff this time around? But no, they were just like, no, I we're just, it was an awkward way of asking. And then she's like, how about we do an early dinner? I was like, oh, they're doing it. That's what they're doing in this movie. She was really like, have you ever been in love before on a first date? Like this is a first date. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. I saw it. No question. <laughs> I'm just glad someone else said it besides oh, me. No, there's I was no totally question. Fine. I was like, oh, there's, that's where this is going. And then when she's like, she's like, uh, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I have a rough life. It's rough. She's like, you seem like you got it pretty much all together. And mind you, she knows nothing about her being a superhuman uh, superhero. She's like, you seem like you got it together. No, things are hard. I'm like, are they? Godot, are they rough for you, superwoman? Are you going to compare you, your two lives sitting at this table today? Don't. And I'm so, I'm shocked Barbara let her get, but Barbara's so meek and mild. And then later on that night, or not later on in the movie, someone made a great point that I never even put together because I'm just I just I just didn't peep it. They tried to make us feel bad about a guy, a rapist, getting his butt kicked. Yo, what was up with all the guys in this movie in the, in the '80s? Granted, she had this power now, where Kristen Wiig is now, you know, taking on the uh, the characteristics of Diana. So people, you know, so she's gorgeous now. And uh, attractive. Everyone's like attracted to her. Like just everyone looks at her when she walks by. But did you notice that? That like every guy in the movie for this, for some reason, just seemed like they're like, hey, baby. Like there was no, hey, honey, come here. What's wrong with you? Let me help you. Like every single guy was like that, except for Steve Trevor in this movie. Yeah. Like men are all trash. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you ever been to a city? That's so common. I, I used to, I used to like walk behind my sisters just like to see what the fuck would happen. I'm like, I used to like have to like restrain myself from being like, who the fuck are you talking to these people? It's over and over again. It is nonstop. And in a populated area like that, Washington, D.C., I am not surprised, especially walking through a park like that. That is very common, especially if they're drunk at night. That's all that's left. I get catcalled in my sunglasses and my mask and my freaking I've been wearing these sweatpants for three days outfit. Like it is not about what you look like. Even like these men are out here wilding on the streets. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? Maybe it's because I don't think that way. And and obviously I'm not getting cat called walking down the street. And I know it exists. It, do, it does wrong, not happen really, to a level of like in this movie. But I just am saying like, no. when it happens and I'm in the mask, I'm like, what are you? How? Like, are you are just getting the thrill out of the act? Like the action that you're doing is the thrill. You are not expecting a reaction because I have sunglasses and a mask on, sir. Like it is a pandemic. <laughs> yes and that's what i'm saying like let her kill that guy Don't, and also if he's like barbara what are you doing she's like oh he was trying to rape me accost me so i beat him up simple done she's like mind your business i'm like what why are we doing that i did think that that was like a little piece of like character development to where now she has been she has like mistreated the only person that gave her like attention or validation like in her previous life like she the guy that caught her being like what are you doing like she had had like a nice relationship with him earlier in the movie so then when that happened i'm like you turned your back on your one friend it's all down totally but i would say not to do that after you actually did something right you actually beat up a guy that was trying to accost you Mm -hmm. that's a good thing don't use that to be mean to them be like how about have her walk by him again like you did before and he he talks to her and like maybe she's walking with someone else. She's, they're like, who's that? Oh, nobody. Done. Now I know she's a douche. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But don't be like, yeah, see, look how bad she treated this guy and beat him up. Yeah, she should have killed him. Yeah, is it supposed to be like, oh, you didn't have to take it that far? Yes. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. 
kid, kill that man. And I was like, what, what kind of message were they? I don't, I just don't even know what they were thinking in general. And that's just one little tiny piece of the movie where I'm just like, there was a series of like, why, what, why is he like, do we, do, can y'all explain to me? Cause I probably missed it truthfully. Cause I kind of clocked out for a while. Why would Chris Pine in another body? Because it's the monkey's paw. Because, yes. She wished for, well, go ahead, Melissa, please. Well, because she wished to have him back, but you can't have your wish. You can't have like your pure wish. You have to have your wish that is like incorrect and problematic in some way. So he came back in like another body, but she could see him as he was because she can only see the truth. Or something? I don't know. They had sex, though, and that is not appropriate. You cannot use other people's bodies for Thank sex. you! Thank you, bye. Right? I mean, she didn't even, like, scream this dude. The next thing you know, they're in bed because they haven't seen each other in right? 70 years. But you know what? Shit's changed. And it makes it, like, really awkward when she runs into him at the end of the movie and is like, oh, I like your outfit. Also, I've seen your dick. Like, that's not... Yeah, the whole thing. And the thing is, like, if, oh, if I had him, here's the thing. If I had a monkey's paw wish, and I'm like, I wish for my wonderful woman to come back, and she comes back in a gorgeous woman's body, I'd be like, well, you're not really messing up the wish. The guy wasn't an ugly dude. At the end, you see him as a handsome guy. And I'm like, well, Diana sees him as Steve. So I'm like, is that supposed to make this like not vaguely? Thank you. Because I think it still is. It's still a wish granted. If I see her as my person, that means your your godly wish kind of has a glitch. I mean, like, oh crap. Oh, she can she saw through our trick. And I'm like, well, this wish makes no sense at all then. I don't get it. I mean, couldn't it have been like a monkey's paw wish the fact that like Steve Trevor came back and he's just like completely like out of time? Like I think that the monkey's paw could have been that like he has no place in this time. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that people are wishing for farms and farms are popping up right on the spot. Why did it have to be him in a different body? She didn't wish for that. That's what I'm trying to to fly this plane. I thought that was very cute and charming. (laughs) And and here's the funny part. Like, oh, and you know what? I'm not an aviator. I'm not a I'm not a person who knows how to fly planes. But can you go from a, a a super early airplane into a fighter jet and know how to do that? I mean, I assume yes. Because Hollywood there's magic. like manual <laughs> controls in planes too. You know, like a lot of planes like that are like kind of self-flying. Flying, you're just there to like make sure nothing goes crazy. But yeah, I but think- they didn't even have that sort of mechanism where like for me, if I go back in time, like say I know how to drive. We can't even, some people can't drive stick shift cars. They still have all the mechanisms there, but they're like, I can't get this thing to go because there's a stick there. Whereas, so I'm like, there's way more in a jet. Yeah, but I think you can still control a jet using, like, the basics instead of the, like, high technical systems. You know what I mean? You think? I think it's, like, he's backward. Like, um, pilots today. four decades. Pilots today may not be backwards compatible with, like, old jets, but I think that, you know. She's re- she's really trying to get to say I've already thought, I already thought about this because I just wanted that thing to win because I thought he was so cute when he was like, I am I'm gonna fly that plane. I, I I was like, oh, I'm invested. I want to know where she's going because I know 
if I brought some random dude from back in the day and be like, here, F-16, go. Melissa said they're generally the same thing. So let's get the <laughs> crap up out of here. My man's working with propellers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes in. What is this? I've never seen one of these before. Okay, let's go ahead. You don't think that he was flying a fixed wing aircraft in that first movie? I think no, he was. No, he was, he was flying an old school nothing plane. It was World War One. <laughs> <laughs> it was like riding my bike it was like oh yeah i can jump in here and go and then all of a sudden he gets into the f-16 and he's not even confused for a second he's like okay yeah all i gotta do is get this up to speed and we're good i'm like wow that's pretty impressive there pine you you took to this fairly and then now but hold on he figures out the plane fairly quickly and then she says Oh, let me try something for the first time ever. How do I make this whole thing in fit? Let me just do some Miyagi real quick. <laughs> let me do a little Miyagi hand rubbing together. Oh, look. I made my fucking jet. Look at that. Mm. I only did it one time, but the whole jet's invisible now. <laughs> hey, spoiler, Steve. You're a little too quiet over there, man. What's going on with you? Uh-huh. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like to thank you for joining us today, Steve. Appreciate that. I, I'm not trying to interrupt anyway. That's all. It's just like, uh no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm sorry to cut you off as you start talking, but I do want, I know you liked the movie, so I would like, I don't want to gang up on you or anything, but I would like to see the contrast of what you saw versus what I think we saw. Uh, I think you guys are thinking a little too hard, especially when it comes to magic and a monkey's paw in general. Like you're, you're kind of creating rules that you want to associate, even though the movie's already made its own rules up. I mean, Diana doesn't say she wishes Steve Trevor back, but every time, uh maxwell lord wishes for someone to make a wish they never actually say it they just say yes and then the wish comes true so i feel like the movie follows its own rules um it's more of like it it, it takes the feeling of it all um i uh so like in the whole like she keeps losing her actual godlike abilities and powers because steve trevor's here Oh, I thought it was because Homegirl wished to be like her, so she was like siphoning off her. No, because once she uh, relinquished her wish, she got all of her powers back. And that's why she was able to take down Cheetah. Finally. Okay. Okay. I had the same confusion, but I think you're right, Steve. I think that's right. He, it was uh, That was her negative outcome, is that you can have Steve back at a cost, you will become immortal, right? Right, basically. Um, and like for Steve being able to, uh, do the, the plane thing, I know how to drive stick shift. So I'm sure if I was brought back in time or if someone was from thirties now, they could probably start a stick shift car at the same time. He was also in the body of an engineer. So if you want to use magic terms, he could have like used the ability of the engineer he's possessing to be able to turn on the engine of the, of the jet in the (laughs) eighties. I mean, he's not a rocket engineer though. Who cares? We're dealing with magic here, Steve. I don't think p- flying a plane is as hard Wait as it makes out to be, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very difficult, only because I know someone who went to pilot school and he's struggling through it. I'm like, you're a really smart dude. And he's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. So my right. best like, friend, well, it must be really difficult. Yeah, my best friend is a helicopter pilot. And she says that like uh, fixed wing aircraft is easier to fly than like a helicopter. So that's where I'm thinking like, Planes ain't shit. But obviously, I'm sure flying a plane is hard. <laughs> I would say even a plane. I would even put a plane. I don't know. Maybe y'all disagree. Tell me, Dan, all y'all. Would you put like a plane, a normal run-of-the-mill plane 
Would you say it's different than a fighter jet? No. No, I'm just thinking like we're talking about starting a plane. Like we're talking about the bare necessities. We're not we're not asking Steve to throw on stealth mode. We're not asking Steve to shoot anything. We're only asking him to turn on the jet and fly somewhere. The basic things a jet can do. <laughs> Same thing with a car. If we're if we're starting a car, a manual car with stick shift and the clutch from the 30s or now Anybody could start a car by turning the ignition or pressing a button, which is in the same location as putting a key in the ignition. And then you hit the clutch, throw it in reverse, and you got the car moving. It's the same, you know, it's like mechanics are mechanics. I'm with you. Steve, he was a 1941 pilot that his plane had a propeller. This motherfucker gets up in the air. It is now invisible, and he's doing combat maneuvers. Well, the invisible magic, and, and Steve is a World War One. Uh, pilot spy. Here's, here's what I would tell you. Coming from a World War One plane, the G-forces alone would make him unable to fly this jet. Period. Thank you. The G-forces alone on the takeoff. Game over. We are really thinking way we are Of all the things that we get fixated on, it's the fucking plane. But here's what I'll say. All in all, here's what I did love about the one thing that kept this movie grounded for me was um, Steve and Diana. Yeah, their chemistry their is great. Their chemistry, and I, I just don't know how no one saw through the camera being like, hey, guys, I see how this is kind of drifting away from what we probably should be doing because the magic is right there. Hmm. Because I think, unfortunately, they drifted away from it when I would have just liked First of all, there's no reason this should be based in 1984. There's no reason at all. We, I thought it had a point to it. There isn't. They could have just literally just gone right from wherever the last one was and continued forward. I like the colors of the emblem, though. That mug was crazy. The WWE. I'm like, man, that is tight. But the whole um, Spider-Man lasso thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, bruh. I was like, man, this looks kind of tack. And then she latches on to a lightning bolt. The one thing I like about the lightning bolt thing is it clues you in that apparently she's she's impervious to electricity. I guess it just doesn't affect her at she's all. She's the daughter of So Zeus. I was like, oh, that prepared me for that. I didn't know that. What'd you say, Steve? She's the daughter of Zeus. Like her father, Zeus, made them mascara invisible. But, and that's what I'm saying. That's dope that she's like, oh, uh, like that lasso thing. That was stupid. I'm with you. Like, when I saw the trailers, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. Like, I was more into the flying part than the lasso web sling bullshit. I was like, I don't know what this is. This is like, but like, I don't know what, like, see well, what your son's saying though. Like, was like, just like the, the canon and the lore. Well, I can understand where he's coming from with Cheetah. At the same time, this Cheetah is just as um, uh, similar to Superman in uh, Man of Steel. Cheetah has had her powers for 48 hours. 72 at the most. And then uh, at the end of the movie, she's literally connected to the lasso of truth where Diana convinces everybody stupidly. Like, you know, it, it's a very stupid way to end it, but like, you know, all the, the steps are there to make, to make sense of, you know, she's, Cheetah's only had her powers for so long. So like, yeah, with what, what your son's saying about like the actual lore of Cheetah is true, but that's like, then if that's the case, if we're following that plan, then Cheetah is Cheetah before meeting Diana. So this is a whole different adaptation. I think what they did with this Cheetah was really good. Totally. That's why I said I think they wasted Cheetah. They wasted her. Here's the thing, though. With comics, you're always focusing on Cheetah. You're always focusing on Wonder Woman. 
here we were actually for once able to focus on Diana Prince and Barbara Minerva. Mm-hmm. Barely get that in the comics. And it was so nice to actually get that point of view finally. And I think that point of view would be more interesting to me anyway. So like, yes, I there's things in this movie that I do want to pick apart. But cu- from a storytelling perspective, I'm way more interested in these women as, you know, women on the ground than what they're doing as, you know, overpowered superheroes. Yeah, to me, the fights in this movie were an after. It would be interesting if we hadn't if we hadn't seen this character before. Like, I would get, if you want to show me Barbara, great, if you're going to give me a new twist on it. But doing the whole, hey, she's kind of nerdy, and all of a sudden she gets endowed with superpowers, that's a thing. So I'm like, well, since someone's already done that thing, like, like we were just talking about, when she said, let me take you to dinner, I said, oh... They're doing a different thing. I mean, I think that we would have definitely known if this movie was going to be queer. Like, I wanted it to happen, but I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen because, like, it would have been a big deal. You know? And the whole- it, I thought, but it came out today or yesterday, so I'm like, maybe it didn't... That's what I thought because I'm like, there's no way they're just going to do the nerd is dorky, then all of a sudden she becomes really attractive, then becomes a... Su- there's no way they're going to do that. And I'm like, oh, they are going to do that. That's the thing that they're just going to do. With the whole thing, since you brought up G-Forces, I want to go back to Steve Pine for a second, or Chris <laughs> yes. Pine, um, mm-hmm. as Steve and everything. The whole like pining for him as Wonder Woman and everything, you know, she's literally been in wars her uh-huh. entire existence on Earth yes. off of Themyscira. So to be fair, there's not a lot of time to pine because you got World War II, Korea, Vietnam, all the way up to finally the Cold War. So she finally gets a breather to not be all over the world in all these different war fields. And she can finally relax and be like, Steve, like, yeah, yes. she's got these pictures and everything, but like, she's from a, a, a warrior race for like the last yes. thing she's probably thinking about is love. Mm-hmm. So to be fair and 70 years to her is like five years to us or yeah. five months to us even. So it's just like 70 years is nothing to her. So it's like, you know, I can understand if she was like a human, but she's, a, she's got like a, a demigod in a sense. Oh, she's a demigod in every sense. She's a goddess or, you yeah. know, what, however, not a goddess, but Amazon, she's like, yeah. she's amazing. No question. Now, however, I would even dare say that people don't, that's a thing you have to explain to people. Like if you told them this is the daughter of Zeus, they would be like, I can't tell that by this. Right. You can't. That's she's true. like a really, she's a good superhero, but she's not like incredibly nuts. So crazy. And that's what makes me, like you said, this is Cheetah from the movie, which is fine. This isn't Cheetah from the comic, which is fine too. This is Wonder Woman from the movie, which is fine. But they're not even obeying the rules of their own setup. When you said that everyone says yes, no, some people say, he's like, don't you wish that? They'd be like, yeah. He's like, tell me. There's a point where he's like, well, then tell me that. Well, I wish it was. And then it happens. They change that rule in the movie. What do you mean? That, that is what they do. He said, tell me that then. Well, I wish, I sure, I wish that this was happening. He's like, cool, it's done. They don't obey that rule later on. Now, you can say in the movie, magic makes the rule go away. But in that case, this has no rules in the movie then. No, I thought that rule was always there, though. I, I, I don't understand. What do you mean that they, like, they, they don't have they, to, In the beginning, I'm, they had to say that they No, wish. that's what I'm saying. Diana set the rule that you don't always have to say it. Because she's one of the first people to, to make a wish. It, oh, but, but that's when she didn't say anything. So you're saying that any rule, so if you wish 
So you're saying if you wish it in your brain, it happens? Yeah, it's a feeling. Well, okay, so we don't know what Max Lord knows about these rules. So, like, he may he might think that people have to say it a certain way. But he's always touching them when they're making the rule. Like it's always a Yeah, feeling. because don't they have to touch the stone? He did become the stone, yeah. right? So he's always So he has them. to touch them. So he's feeling what they're feeling. They don't have to repeat it. Just I'm like when Diana not one person wished for him to back the fuck up off them. Because he is like real sweaty at the end of this movie. And I would be like, sir, you need to be far away from me. <laughs> His eye was like, holy shit. And the thing is, apparently he didn't need to touch them because he did it through the TV. But the right. particles no. were touching them. Yep. Oh, exactly. Listen, this would work perfectly. If this was 1984 and this came out, you guys would be like, this is fantastic. This makes so much sense. But because it's 2020, everybody's like, fuck this shit. And I we saw all Batman. We got way too much time on our hands. <laughs> This yeah. is true. Well, no, I'm just saying if you – here's the thing. We can all agree that there are rules in here that they just don't adhere to through the whole thing. No, I disagree. They do adhere to their rules. Well, they don't, it's not true. If, now, if you're going to say magic, that's fine. Where you're just like, hey, Steve knows how to do this. Magic. Yeah, true. Hey, all of a sudden this person could do this. Hey, it's a magic movie. Magic happens in magic with the magician's magic. I'd be like, well, then okay. But then you can't have any rules in the movie then. That means all rules go out the window. That means you can think a wish. We are assuming that everyone thought exactly the wish they wanted right then. And that wish came true. Any wish in the world. Every wish that was made was coming true. They, they, they showed that the entire time. But that's because they said it. No, they didn't. Multiple times. Really? Okay, other than... Other than I might have to start siding with these guys, Steve. Where are you where where are you going with this? I'm saying the rules of this movie don't even back up this movie. Like they're like we have rules, but not all the rules stay the same. Like other than Diana, who else did not say their wish? Like they just thought it. I think that the problem. I think everyone did when you say that this movie had rules. Fair. That's what I'm saying. If it doesn't have rules. That's what I'm saying. If it doesn't have rules, great. That means it's all magic. This movie has that's like vibes of what we should maybe be doing. Okay. That's fair. No <laughs> rules. And that makes it all better for me. Because I'm like, well, then we can't say that, well, in the that means everything's up for grabs then. And that's fair to do in the movie. But like the particles, the particles touching thing like was explained. So like I will give the movie that because they knew that somebody was going to be like, well, he wasn't in their vicinity when everybody's making. They have that whole meeting with the president where he's like, these particles touch everybody. And you see the little light bulb going on. <laughs> Special Star Wars technology, Steve. <laughs> they even make the rule where like if you make a wish with the, the item itself, you can't make another wish until it's a new item. What? I was just trying to confuse Steve right now. I was just, I was just trying. To- <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> I think it's really funny that we're stuck on like the science yeah. of things. But I mean, come on. The, I mean, the monkey's basic rule. <laughs> Steve, you're trying to yeah. argue rules of a monkey's paw. Damn it! Well, in the monkey's paw universe, you do have to say it. It made sense. It's it's true. But they did. The feelings. The they did. in the monkey's paw universe, it's true, guys. Maybe Diana doesn't okay. have to say it because she has like extra powerful Wonder Woman <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Because look, okay, let's go to Pedro Pascal. He li- he was alone and said it. I think the thing that we're overlooking 
in general. I mean, actually, I think that uh, most of us have it. But Steve, honestly, I think that if you just give away the whole thing that we always say about movies, which is suspension of disbelief, there's so many little plot. Mm-hmm. Yes, they. Yes, anyone could say yes. Okay, well, there's rules here, and they said it in this part, whatever. But I think a lot of people will be confused by this part, by this this plot rather, not the part, as far as how the rules work and everything like that. You can break that down, and you will find those plot holes. But it's just funny that this is something that's that's caused all the heat. It's not heat, but you know what I'm saying because. Like there's so much worse going on in this movie, but we're stuck on the side. What, what would you say is worse, Dan? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Every single fucking moment. He's on <laughs> oh, the man, he every moment he's on the fucking. Screen. Oh, wait a minute, Steve has a. Re- What's that? What? Steve? He was one of the best parts of the movie. He was so into it. Oh, he was a great Maxwell Lord. Oh man, Dan. What he? Oh, the movie. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Are you are you comparing him? Because I have no Wonder Woman comic knowledge. Are you comparing him to the comic? Uh, no, I'm literally just basing it off of what the movie presented me with Maxwell Lord. It just it made so much sense. Like uh, I thought he like he just he reminded me a lot of um, what's his face from Shazam, and I just felt it really worked and it made like I understood what he was doing. Like he was a horrible person. Like you know, like what he said to yeah. his son at the end. And I agree, it was really stupid how the movie ended, but it also had an '80s ending. So it's just like. I mean, what do you want to do? It's called Wonder Woman 1984. Like the beginning of the movie has one of the worst introductions. Don't get me wrong. I hate that mall scene. Like Steve, I'm with you. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, I, it was the filters. Everything was like 80s, 80s, 80s in your face. 80s. Look at the mall. Running up the escalators, yeah. you know, just all of that oh, was just so yeah. 80s formulaic. It was terrible. But, but my problem with Pedro Pascal is more so script than actual Pedro Pascal. Mm. And for some reason, I get on these things sometimes where it just depends on how you look. I can't stand you. I couldn't stand the way you looked. And I, I know that's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I thought his hair was fucking stupid. <laughs> I just did not, I just didn't, I guess I'm just used to seeing Din Jaren right now. I'm really into that. And to see such a contrast where he's at now and the whole like, uh, you know, when he was like romancing, he was kind of like trying to get to Kristen Wiig and they were talking about going out dancing. He's like, I like to boogie. I was just like, ooh. <laughs> You're fucking making me cringe right now, Pedro. I can't do it. Okay. So it's it's a personal thing. I just didn't care for him in this movie. I think he's a damn fine actor. I didn't like this. He had some of the best, worst, like, uh, like grins, like the creepiest grins in this movie. Every time he noticed something, he was like, hey, (laughs) just like cartoon almost. I was like, this is great. So bad. What was his, you know, I'll take it one more step though. One more step with that. If I can go back to Pedro Pascal for just a second, I'll sort of retread where I was going because it's not so much Maxwell Lord and it's not so much Pedro Pascal, even though I'm saying it was like the way he looked and all that stuff. It's the fact that I think in my opinion, I know why he had to be in that movie because that, that constitutes how, you know, Steve's there and that constitutes how um, Cheetah came to be and all that kind of stuff. But it just felt like we were watching two different movies in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. like there was two villains, two different stories, two different stories. And I, it's like, let's pick one. I think that they failed. Like we've already established, they failed by not having Barbara Minerva in this movie way more. They could have done a full on Cheetah line with this one. And it would, and they could have done something where Pedro Pascal's character didn't even need to be in this one. That said, if they were to bring him back, granted, who knows if they'll have a sequel, but if they were to bring him back and just do, you know, just that and expand on that, what he was doing with the wishing stone and everything where it's just his movie and not all this other shit's going on, but maybe he's raising hell or something like that. That's more of a movie that I would want to see. That means nothing to anyone else but myself, but that's what bugged me about this. I agree. It just felt like it was two movies that didn't belong together. And I just think that they, they just shoehorned Cheetah and it was a complete fucking waste of an awesome character. I get your point about the, um, the origin and everything, Steve, but 
don't you think if that was an origin that they it would have been a better movie to just focus on that and have Cheetah, who's this badass character who's just as strong and getting stronger by the second? That's the part that still confuses me, by the way, is how come every time she got stronger, Diana got weaker, even though the whole monkey paw thing. There's just confusion there for me, too, mm. but I'll leave that out. I just mm. think it would have been a way better movie if we would have just had Cheetah and Barbara as the main characters and left Pedro Pascal completely. I agree. No, uh, Barbara should have been the uh, the Maxwell storyline. Like She could have easily just been the, the Maxwell Lord of like with the failing investors and everything, and like her whole greed turned into her turning into Cheetah. Yeah, she could have yeah. wished to become Cheetah for whatever reason. The whole uh, Kevin Shanks put it out there though. She uh, Cheetah, not an apex predator. Is it though? They hit seventy five miles an hour. Hey, I wouldn't fuck with one. Being an apex predator just means that they don't have any natural, like competition. Like they're they don't have any. They are not any animals like natural prey, right? So that means that like in the wild, there's something that preys on cheetahs. Look at Slaughterhouse with the National Geographic up in this piece. <laughs> well, I Googled yeah, this after the internet all day yesterday. It was like, cheetahs are apex <laughs> predators. And I was like, all right, I got to understand what this word means. <laughs> I can't say what is and isn't an apex because you put a okay predator in the room with somebody, they'll walk out the apex. I'm like, okay, well, any a lot <laughs> of things are, you're, a lot of things are, pre- oh, the cheetah's not even an apex. I'm like, have you ever walked next to one, bro? Have you ever seen one? Them things are, I think in their brains, they think they're, they're big bobcats. I'm like, cheetahs are big, bro. They say that like humans are apex predators, but like if, just like you said, if we get left out in the wild with something, we're probably uh, not the uh, apex predator in that situation. No. And I love the fact that here's what I do like. First of all, everything, every nine, anything that she had control of her performance, Christian Wig just. She's fantastic. Dude, Pretty much in everything. I yeah. can watch I her. her yeah. in every th- I liked her. She was the star of the movie in my brain. And I, a, a thing that I didn't like that I probably shouldn't have even, it shouldn't have even been a big deal. But it's like when she started losing her power, I was like, why did they feel the nece- they feel it necessary to make her like less makeup and less, pr- like, do you think the beauty? <laughs> makes- like, why are we doing so like, her pr- beauty is her? That's, I think it's so cosmetic. I'm like, why are you doing that? Just make her look the same and just weaker. She went from Mac to Maybelline, man. I don't understand why they went that direction. I'm like, she can look the same and just not be as strong. That's fine. You got to keep in mind, though, bro. We watch a lot of movies. That's the thing about the four people that are talking on this podcast right now. We watch a shit ton of movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people that aren't going to be catching these things. The general public aren't. I mean, you know, they're going to catch some of them, but I, those kind of things I think are there as sort of a, see, it's happening. That's why they're doing okay. it. They're just, they're giving you a visual of, which, you know, maybe it's the wrong visual, but they're giving you a visual of the deterioration. I of get that. I just think in, in my brain, it sends the wrong message to, you know, people watching. I think it's a bad message to send. What? Less makeup, worse like, person? Or like less, or, oh, well, she's not quote unquote pretty, so she's not as powerful as she was. I'm like, so she's weak now. Gross. I got you. In my brain. That brain, man. I'm telling you, that brain says some shit. <laughs> All right. One thing about Cheetah that I want, before we move on, is that another time, if you're going to just keep her for the end of the movie, listen, Hollywood, I just said it. We fucking watch a lot of movies, okay? So don't fucking try to sell me that Cheetah's CGI is just, it's just good CGI. It's just in the dark. We know why you put her in the fucking dark. It's crappy CGI. She could have looked so much better. And if they would have used that energy and money to make this other movie that I would love to have seen, 
she would have looked way better, but that's what they're doing. And he, I mean, we've all seen this. We've seen it in Harry Potter movies. We've seen it in like, like uh, Percy Jackson kind of movies, you know, when, and whenever there's the bad guy and it's like a bad CGI, they put it in the dark. I don't know why they half-assed it on that. They talked about Cheetah way more than they're talking about Maxwell Lord the whole time that this movie's been, you know, in the press and everything. So I don't know. I just think they made some bad decisions. I would agree with that. I think, um, I mean, are we going to get a Cheetah standalone? I wouldn't be surprised if we do. She's alive at the end um, as a person. So I don't know exactly how they go back on that, but they brought Chris Pine back. So who knows? I think a Cheetah standalone would be fantastic. I would love to see Cheetah give uh, uh Wonder Woman's the business, like legitimately show how strong this, this character is. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I do believe that there is a lot of probably behind the scenes stuff. I'm sure Patty Jenkins would have loved Cheetah to just be a lot of, Hey, let's just put her in a costume and try to make stunt people do a lot of the stuff. I don't know why they did the trapeze artist thing. I thought that was just ridiculous. I'm like, what are we doing, man? She was flipping and they were swinging. And I'm like, this is a circus fight. And I don't understand why we're doing this. I don't know where Wonder Woman got. Oh, she's magic, though. She came in with an armor out of nowhere. I'm like, I didn't even know that she just had that on hand in her pocket or whatever. But again, it's magic. That's the only time we saw how strong Cheetah was. That she was breaking apart that armor. That's the only time we saw how strong she was. And then she shoved off the wings and was like, oh, anyway, I'm going to beat you up now. But the only time we saw how strong she was is when she was ripping apart that armor. And I was like, oh, this is about to happen, baby. And it was a two minute fight and it was over. Yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. And I'm not even like bagging on the movie at this point now, but it was just like, oh, you, you finally brought out the armor. You've been talking about the armor and how badass it is. And you gave us an example earlier in the movie of a flashback of what this stuff, or at least the capability it has of like protecting you. You know, at least they showed that. And it just, it was, I get it. You're showing how strong she is because she's just as strong as Wonder Woman is now. But yeah, they, it was, it was like, why did you bring that out? I mean, at least do something kick ass with it. What is she flew for a second? Speaking of, did one? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I meant to ask. Oh, this. I know. Now, when did she start flying? Is that me? Did I miss this? Is this something that she's always done? I get the whole lassoing the lightning bolts and shit, but when did she start pulling the? I'm going to put my uh, my left arm in shift and my fucking right arm and like you know I'll start steering with it now. And when did all this happen? Around New Fifty Two. New Fifty Two. Okay, so, so there's something. And mind you, I, if they would have followed New Fifty Two's um arc of wonder woman game changing yeah i've got no knowledge when it comes to dc so i'm not trying to act like well what the fuck's going on here i'm legitimately asking i did i had no idea that she flew here i think they they were alluding to her using because chris pine was in her brain being like use the wind yeah so i was like are they trying to allude to the fact that she's like kind of gliding on the wind but then at the end they're like oh no no she's clearly flying by using the wind but I'm saying she's flying now, like Superman. At the end, when she just she kind of slows down and goes directly down, I'm like, oh, that was her flying, flying, as opposed to gliding. Yeah, as opposed the, to uh, gliding, and I was like, oh, she's flying, flying. Yeah. I was able to totally agree. I'm fine with that. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, she's a demigod. She's a yeah. They should be. Able, if a god was like, I can't fly, I'll be like, well, then are you a god for real? Are we talking <laughs> really? Are you god? She can fly. Yeah. They all all gods have to fly now. I would say you're not really, if a dude was like, you know, I'm Zeus's son and he's not flying. I'll be like, you're not Zeus's son. Just calm down. What? This is a Steveism right here. You this know. is a Steve thing. I'm talking about, we're talking about magic. If you're Zeus's son, get the flying. If you're Zeus's daughter, you better fly. Wonder Woman was like, yeah, this is how I roll. I fly. I'm like, of course you do. Your dad. I know your dad. Yeah, you fly. I know your this dad. This is where that brain kicks in. 
<laughs> Come on, man, get to get to fly. <laughs> to fly, bro. We got flying. We, we we I know. And so when she flew, I'm like, oh, okay. I don't like. And this is nitpicky. I thought the flying, the arm thing, like Dan was saying, was kind of goofy. But I was like, well, she's flying. What are you gonna do? Oh, I thought of, oh, that's how Superman flies. She's probably seen him do it a mad bunch of times, and so she's going to try it out. That's, I mean, is that what you would do, Steve? If you were just flying, you, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and put one arm out, because that's how things work when I've never flown before. I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I don't know if we've seen, like, uh, I haven't seen really good with Wonder Woman. This is the first time I've seen the uh, a good, decent effect of flying. So maybe my eyes are just getting used to it. To, and maybe I don't know because I know like on Man of Steel, I don't know how goofy his arms were. I don't know. It might have looked goofy too. So maybe it's just my brain is trying to process how because, you know, as CGI gets better, this looked like a decent, like if I were, if I took someone from the 1930s and showed them this, they'd be like, oh, people fly now. So yeah, it looked good. <laughs> like, yeah, people, it's, it looks like a decent special effect. So I'm down. It did not look CGI. Did it did the CGI look bad to you, Dan? I thought it was good. It looked like it could have been a little bit better, but I might be comparing this type of technology CGI with like say Marvel. You just can't compare the two. You can't. You know? And and I've always found that the CGI looks a little bit worse in DC movies. Not to the point where it makes the movie a failure or anything like that. It just it's noticeable. Well, what what Marvel does that's really to my brain, Steve. It's noticeable. Like um Marvel doesn't who well, like who does a fly alone? except for um iron man and he has propel he like he has things propelling him and then there's a lot of like fan if you're if you're speaking specifically with flying then no but i'm just saying cgi in general oh, just seems like it was a higher quality I was saying so maybe i'm lying how i got you i misunderstood your question yeah. but yeah i see what you're saying. yeah no i'm just being in general the mm-hmm. flying how did it look it looked fine it didn't look any any better any worse for that matter than anything else and and quite frankly it the CGI really wasn't my problem in this movie outside of the fact that I thought they should have lightened up the, you know, the scene with Cheetah shown a little more, maybe throwing a little more rendering into it to make it look so you don't have to mask it so much. I do believe that was a Hollywood trick. I think I think the worst part of the CGI for me, I think the rope or the, the lasso of truth looked better in the first movie. Yeah, that I too. don't know what that happened too. to what they did differently this time. It just. Well, it looked more 80s. I know that's not what they were probably going for, but it just that that when I'm talking about 80s, I mean, like that animation, it looked. Yeah. The other one looked like it was palpable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you could, like you could hold it, and and it was something like it was, it was tactile, or the person that you know what I'm saying, not tactile, but it's like tangible, tangible. Thank you. That's the word I'm actually fucking looking for. Like it was tangible, and with this, it looked like a cartoon. That's what my thing, and and that that was my uh, problem. But I know I've been crapping on it, but I will say one thing. Here is Patty Jenkins at her best. Not even at her best. She's done better stuff. But Patty Jenkins, as far as like a spectacle, when when um, Wonder Woman broke the bottom of that car and went flying up behind it, I was like, that is a scene. That was pretty dope. That is a really, really, really good scene. I would agree with you on that. And I would say that it's uh, very much in the same way, even though they're different. I would compare it to the first movie where she's coming up from the trenches yeah. and going into no man's land. I think That's that was the scene that for me, that was the shot of the movie. I think that this is one of the shots. He's, of the I mean, like, cause even when Chris Pine's looking up, like, whoa, I'm like, yeah, it's freaking wonder woman. Like this is wonder woman. But then she falls because she's losing her power. But I was just like that scene 
was so good. I was like, man, Patty Jenkins, when she wants to do her thing, that's why I don't think it was her. I genuinely don't think the problems are a Patty Jenkins thing. I think it's the powers that be. They wanted Pedro Pascal in and they wanted Christian Wig in. That's what I think happened. I don't think that it was a Patty Jenkins thing. I may be wrong, but she's really, really good at what she does. I don't think it was her. I'm not looking for anyone to jump on the bandwagon, but I've heard Steve what, to hear what he thinks of Pedro Pascal. Melissa, what did you think? And also, Steve, I want to know what you thought. Um, I really liked him at the beginning. Like the kind of like 80s, like cheese and camp was really, really working for me, probably through like the first half. And this is no fault of Pedro Pascal's, but like I just lost the thread of motivation for his character. Like I just didn't really believe in him anymore. And that was the problem. It's nothing really that he was doing. I mean, he did a great job with everything that they gave him. You know, I think it's just that the things that they gave him didn't really connect for me. And like, that's fine. That's not his fault. Can I ask the crew a question? What what was his why did he keep on going further? Like, what wasn't he getting? He wanted to be number one, I think, as far as I can. But the oil made him number one. Like he had the most oil, right? Well, he was like he was a con to begin with. Like all those commercials, he wasn't really number one. His business was like failing. Yeah, yeah, because once he got the oil, the guy was like, I sold all my oil to Saudi Arabia. I thought he was going to go to Saudi Arabia, but he didn't. So I'm like, okay, then I'm wrong. He doesn't want the most. What, do, what is his goal then? No, he had baggage because didn't they show his father like talking down to him because oh, yeah. he wet the bed? He was traumatized and all that. as a child. Yeah, he had PTSDs and he just he was tired of being a failure. And he was even telling that to his son that your dad's not a failure. That guy called me a failure. He's the liar. And all that. So it was always a big thing about being a loser. By the way, and I'm sorry, I got to ask, do you think they were kind of floating a little bit of Trumpism in there? We don't have to. Oh, yes. I'm just. Yeah, for sure. Right. Because even that whole thing about, oh, I, I got to be the best. I have to be number one. That to me was like a clear, clear jab at Trump. But anyway, I think that's what um, his big thing was, Steve, is that he was just so traumatized about being a loser and being a failure in his life that once he started getting a taste of what it was like to be number one and get everything. Or excuse me, he grants you know he grants people whatever they want, but he gets back whatever he wants from them, and it just became a matter of greed and, and just like any villain in a movie like that, it's like more, 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 and I think that's what they were going for. You know who he was to me in this movie? Who's that? He was Sam Rockwell in Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, he was a little that, bit. He was that guy. I was like, oh, that's who he reminds me of. So when I watched him, I was like, oh, turns out Pedro Pascal could have been Sam Rockwell in Iron Man. <laughs> they could have just been intertwined. He was just. Over, I think. I think what I do believe is that Pedro had a blast playing this part. That's what I think. Oh yeah, he, had a blast. he looked like he had fun for sure. That's what he was doing. He was having fun, and it just didn't come across as. For me, it didn't serve the story well for me because it was just so distracting. Like after the first wish, I was like, "Oh, I get what he's doing," but as it kept on going, I was like, "I'm lost as to what he's doing." I don't get it anymore. But at first, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But when he said, I want to be the star, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. What are we doing? Is this what we're doing today? And that's why. It's never enough. It's, I get it. But it's like, and then at the end with the light, he's in the middle of the light thing. <laughs> like, with the, and then the, the evil laughter. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Like, it I, it's, it wasn't so much Pedro Pascal. That's the thing. He's a, we all know it. He's a damn fine actor. And maybe it was the contrast. Perhaps you guys have seen him in other things where I haven't seen this side of him. But I'm thinking Narcos. Obviously, I'm thinking The Mandalorian. 
this character shows that he has range, but it was such a contrast for me to see him like that, that it was off-putting. I think that's, that's where I'm at because I can't hate on the guy. He's a fantastic actor. Handsome son of a bitch too. Here's what I'll say. I don't mind if you go fantastical on a movie, right? We've seen superhero movies go fantastical. As in, you know, uh, what do we call it, Steve? The light from the sky for superhero movies? Like random light from skies thing. You know what I'm talking about? Deus Ex Machinas? No, like, you know how they call like superhero, like, oh, light from the sky. Where most superhero movies have a mysterious light come from the sky and things happen. Like, oh, that just like in The Avengers, that weird light from the sky where aliens came through or other movies where lights come oh, from the sky. Oh, you, mean the beam. you mean like, you know, you don't mean like light coming through for like the. Like the beam. Oh, like a beam or something. Oh, like yeah, a there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have that thing in superheroes. We just got used to it, and we're like, whatever, beam of light. But normally after the beam of light, something fantastical has to happen for it to counteract it. You know, we saw it in Avengers. We saw it in, um, you know, Age of Ultron. That one, we've seen it in all the other, even uh, Justice League. Uh, an equally crazy thing has to counteract that thing. This movie didn't do that, where it's just like, this is such a fantastical thing that's happening where everyone in the world, things go into chaos. But the thing that actually fixes it is everybody's like, my bad, never mind. I'm like, okay, you have to have an equally fantastical thing. For me, maybe not to everyone else, but you can't just be like, oh, my bad, never mind, takes back, sees everything's fine. I think that's a hard thing to go over, but you can overcome that if the movie up to that point is so good, it's undeniable. The problem is no part of the movie was good enough for me to overcome that step. That's what it is. And I think that's what I'm realizing is all of these plot holes, I wouldn't have even noticed them if the movie was just that good, where you don't even notice the silliness. But when you the movie's not good, those moments of silliness where you're actually dissecting whether a World War I person could actually fly a jet plane, I shouldn't even be thinking that because the movie's so good. But since the movie's not, those little weeds sprout up higher than the grass is. That's the thing. I get it. So before we wrap this up, does anyone have any final thoughts about this? Anything that we missed or something that you wanted to talk about? Feel free to just speak up. I do. I do want to say that I, I love both Steve and Slaughterhouse. They're the best. That's all. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. thanks. That's why I love y'all too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a given. That's why you're here. Uh, I do think that the uh, after seeing this movie that the DCEU, whatever the universe is calling itself, they definitely missed an opportunity of using Wonder Woman as the inspiration of creating a Superman and Batman since she became like semi-famous way before anybody else in this universe. Like they could have easily had like a poster of her in uh, Clark's room or like Bruce discovering or you like they kind of do that already in the um, Batman v Superman shit and everything, but, like they could have really used her as the example of why heroes exist. Oh, that's, that's interesting, excellent. dude. That's excellent. That's and I like that. Excellent point. I never even thought of that. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. Crazy. The time, the time kind of jacks you up because as you put it, Steve, unless there's something I'm missing, I don't really know why they chose 1984 other than the fact of, it just being like like going for that retro thing. Like, let's see, we're going to be making a new movie. What's hot right now? Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, 80s. Let's do that. You know, but then they didn't. And I'm not going to go off on another tangent, but they didn't even utilize like good 80s music for this year. You think that they could get that done 
you know, I think they played, uh, what was it? New Order, I think, is in the trailer. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be dope. It's going to have a really good soundtrack. They missed that whole thing. But sorry, but to, but to get back to 1984, I don't know why they did that. But since they did, Steve, that is excellent. That totally makes sense why they should have at least alluded to it. I mean, granted, probably an afterthought now, but that's fantastic. That if they could figure out a way to put that in. That would have been, if they would have, even, even after credit sequence, if you see a young Clark Kent, there you go. Oh my God, with a poster on his, I would have left the, dude, I would have forgot how bad the movie was. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally forgot. Two more things, real quick. We didn't talk about the mid credit scene. Was anyone like, <gasps> or did anyone get anything out of that? Did they, did they go the right direction? What would you have rather seen? Let's talk about that real quick before we go. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I do not have any connection to, um, you know, the original Wonder Woman, like I said before. But I'm sure that that was like a great scene for people who do have an emotional connection to that character and that actress. So, I mean, for that reason, like, I liked it. She was saying old people in a nice way. I was not. I'm sure there are people (laughs) younger than me that loves OG Wonder Woman. She was a badass Wonder Woman, though. Got to give her that. I don't know if you guys ever watched it, but I was way into Linda Carter, baby. Did you uh, think they did good with that, Steve? Were you happy seeing her? Like, did you know? I didn't know. I heard there was some kind of, you know, something, some goings on in the mid-credit scene, but I really wasn't expecting that. I did not see the mid-credit scene. Oh, well, there I go. Fucking all that up for you. Spoilers, I warned you. (laughs) You just, you were like, done. You're just out. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I will tell you this. You're not really missing much other than, oh, hey, there's Linda Carter. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I want to say thanks very much to Spoiler Steve and Melissa Sloter for joining us on the last show of the year. Love you guys, and I love having you on, and uh, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. It was a, it was definitely a blast. I was, you know, I always look forward to uh, talking to you guys, so it's, it's, always, it's always great. Thank you so much. Yeah, same. I was really excited, and this was fun. Um, before we leave, do you guys have any plugs, like what your shows are, all that kind of stuff, how to get in touch with you and everything? Uh, sure. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Mellow Yellow, or you can find me co-hosting the Wild Pretty Things podcast or the Still Great Bob podcast, where we are going through Mad Men episode by episode, which I've never seen before. So, Yeah, and uh, I have a uh, my own podcast uh, called Seen It. Well, the 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 it's called seen it cast the the network you can call it. i have a bunch of different shows right now we have seen it move reviews which is a major one uh, one of the major ones we actually just started our own patreon as well uh patreon.com slash seen it cast and uh we do our premium movie re- reviews on there plus a bunch of other shows we're going to be working on COVID myself so yeah if you want to hear more of a uh more talk on uh world uh wonder woman 84 i almost said world war 84 uh, and uh we're also going to be talking about uh sylvie's love and um was it ma rainey's black bottom is that what the movie is i haven't seen that's the one movie i haven't seen yet i need to see that tomorrow but we'll be talking about that one as well with um Jared bozeman his last performance we'll be talking about that so uh yeah. please check that out hear our review on that and melissa will be on there as well yeah Oh, you guys are spending the weekend together. That's cool. I didn't know that was going to work out that way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say again, thank you so much for your year of patronage with us. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We plan on doing more in 2021 and we're giving you all that end of the year stuff that I'm, that I'm supposed to say at the end of the show. But I mean it. I'm serious. Look out for more Patreon episodes. I still, I'm going to say it every single time. I want three a month. We'll get there eventually. And with that, happy new year to you. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. 